great to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. With me and my guests from around the world. Welcome to the Simon Filer podcast. Welcome to this podcast. Let's get into it, shall we? On the Simon Filer podcast. Just out of the studio after a mammoth audiobook recording session with the enlightening, fun and inspirational Deborah Peden. Deb's guide to living a healthy, vital and empowered life are contained within her narration of her fabulous debut book. In my opinion, it's a user's manual, 100 Ways to a Healthy 100. Deb, welcome and thank you for joining me now on my podcast. Thank you, Simone. It's wonderful to be here Yeah, <laughs> and be out of the booth. <laughs> yeah. You spent a lot of time there. You did such a good job. How did you find the recording process, Deb? Well, it certainly was different to what I... I suppose I didn't have expectations, but it was better than I probably would have hoped for. Oh, good. And, uh, and it took less time than I thought it would take, actually, you know, and you made it so seamless, though. Oh. And I learned, and I think you probably picked up on that, I learned the cues and clues when I had to repeat something. You didn't always have to prompt me. To... Yeah, just from my mannerisms. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That. I was picking up on your body language. So picking... when you shake your head, that means go back. That's right. I was picking up what you're, what you're putting down. <laughs> well, you did a really wonderful job. Your diction and your narration were outstanding and very compelling listening, not only from your narration but also the content, let mm, me tell you. Mm. Um, well, we both got a little bit teary at times, didn't yeah, we? <laughs> many times. I don't think I actually admitted how many times I cried through that. Just... um. Yeah, just the awareness through the whole book about how aware you can become of yourself to make your life better. Mm, that's right, so, yeah. So how did 100 Ways to a Healthy 100 actually all come about? Oh, how did it all, where did, did the it, story begin? Yeah. Way back in uh, <laughs> 2008, it was a time when I was a real sugar addict. The book is primarily about, obviously, all about health, and it started out as physical health, but it's obviously extended to a lot more after that once I got started with the writing. But it started with a sugar addiction. Right. So I was a major sugar addict. I didn't look overweight. I looked fine, yeah. but I wasn't well. And I knew that eating the level of sugar I was eating was not good for me, but I didn't want to know that. People might say, oh, you know, you know that your sugar converts to fat in your body and then you're going to end up with fatty liver and all these other health problems. Mm. But because my addiction was so strong, I wasn't ready to hear the message until somehow or other in my hands came a book by David Gillespie called Sweet Poison. Now, I think the reason I liked the book was on the front cover with all these iced donuts, and I liked, <laughs> I liked, the, liked the sugar that cover. That looks yummy. <laughs> that looks yummy. <laughs> but, of course, as I turned the pages, the story was absolutely compelling, but also he's a lawyer. He's not a health person. Okay. He's a lawyer with his own weight problems and sugar addiction, and so he decided to go and do all this research on, you know, the history of sugar and how it all starts and the yo-yo dieting that people do mm. and how does that happen. But he also wrote it in a really easy-to-read layman's terms. Mm. So I got the message and he gave us the history of how sugar became part of our lifestyle yeah. and became so pervasive. And I thought, oh, my God. And once he spoke the science in such a great way, I literally, I can still remember when I read the book. It was September 2008, 
and the day I started reading is the day I quit sugar. Is that right? And I went downstairs and I cleaned the cupboards out. Wow. Got rid of everything that had anything sugary in it. My husband comes oh, home. Oh, dear. What's going on where, here? Where's, where's the biscuits? Where's the, where's the barbecue sauce? Where's the tomato sauce? <laughs> so they're gone. There isn't a bin. Oh, no. How did he react to that? He, is good. he keeps going and buying more barbecue sauce and tomato sauce. I keep throwing it out. This is your decision, not mine. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> That's well, in my dedication, um, I say that he's my who I dedicate the book to, yeah. and of course, I pretty much all the topics I've experimented on him. You yeah, know. Right. Hey, I've just discovered discovered something new. I'm just going to test it out on you and see. You know, quitting sugar. We've got to do that. You know? Yeah. My ex was saying down the track they'll probably laugh. We'll laugh. Say so we used to have bags of it in the cupboard. You yes, know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's not so much like the sugar, the visual sugar bags that you can see. It's all the hidden sugars. That's what I, David yeah. Gillespie was really great at explaining. It's like hidden in meat pies and all those innocuous things you wouldn't think or yeah. cans of soup. And then it's training myself to then look, oh, how many grams of sugar are there? And, of course, that was the catalyst then to go and investigate further and go to the specialist. Dr. Robert Lustig was my paediatric endocrinologist that I ended up researching on. He studies extensively and lobbies in the States trying to get, get people to recognise the health of adverse health effects of sugar. So mm. it sort of started with the, the bitter truth yeah. of sugar. Well, also in your book, you go into detail about how it's hidden. And I couldn't believe, I was thinking, is this list ever going to end? Mm. Wasn't it like a like comprehensive the list, the names yeah. of them? Yeah. So if you want to find out um, what's going on and what's actually hidden in things then you need to have a look at Deb's book because she's got a list there of what they're called, many different and varied names. All right, so, well, how did you narrow down your topics then? Obviously, you started with sugar and yep. you've got a 100 yep. of them. That's right. Oh, all amazing, dear listener, all amazing and empowering and, yeah, and enlightening, every single one of them. But how, yeah, how did it come about that you thought, okay, I'm going to... Well, I knew I wanted to make the book holistic, so all aspects of health. I knew that I couldn't just drum on for 100 topics about sugar. Yeah. Um, uh, but there was a lot of things, that, like sugar addiction aside, there was a lot of things in my life that I was doing well. And so I had to acknowledge that. Yeah. And so I thought, well, if I can turn my life around in this way, and there's so many other things that I'm doing well, I'm, I'm sure I've got 100 topics in there that I can write about and uh, narrate uh, that people might be interested in learning about. And because yeah. I'm a researcher, I love researching, I've got a history background, so I drew on all of that those skills mm. to do my research. So I came up with the working title of my book, 100 Ways to a Healthy 100, thinking I'll come up with something much more catchy and you know really easy to, to say off the tongue, but nothing ever came to me. Yeah. However, as I'm writing, because it took me four and a half years to write the book and researching, I got to 32 topics and I hit a wall and I thought, maybe 32 I ways? <laughs> 32 ways to 100. How does that sound? No. So I thought, I've got to push on. Yeah. So I pushed on, got to 50. Right, 50 ways to a healthy 100. Great. Let's do it. And then I thought, well, no. I really had set on 100. So I pushed through, got to 75. And I contemplated that. And I thought, look, if I just keep pushing, I'll find it. Now, the funny thing was... When I was doing all these, I was trying to research, come up with longevity, super centenarians, who are the people who have lived past 100, what do they do? And I'm getting all this knowledge and information. And then I forgot some really fundamental things that I was doing. I hadn't even included in the book. Right. So once I started looking at my own life more closely, I thought, oh, my gosh, 
there's yoga, there's swimming. Yeah. And all I had to do was go and do the research. How does swimming link to longevity? Mm. Then go find a super centenarian or a person who's made it past 100 or to 100 who swims. Right. Find out their story, find out all the health benefits, and then include my own experiences about, as I do talk about, yeah. you know, with my swim coach. All the way through it, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it was sort of funny when I got to about 75 topics and then I realised, oh, hang on. Oh. There's things that I'm doing I could include in here that oh. I haven't included yet. Were there things that you had to cut out in the end after after that? Uh, there wasn't. No, I don't think I ever, because once I sat down, because I worked in the kitchen, that was my best room, because I like to be in the room where the food is, because I yeah. love food, healthy food. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I like to have the sunshine that I can see out. And so I'd sit there and I'd say, right, I need some inspiration. I want a new topic. I want to have something that's going to be really important and powerful. And I always like to, because I'm a storyteller, I yeah. like to write story. Yeah. If I can, I'm going to weave a story in because I know myself, well, I'm sitting listening to a speaker and they're droning on about something and the researcher says this and the statistics say that. Yeah, and on. as soon as they go, now I'm just going to tell you a story. And all of a sudden I sit yeah, up, oh, okay, well, they're going to tell a story. Mm. Oh, interested now. So I try and weave story as yeah. much as possible. Well, there's some very funny moments in there that I had to have a little chuckle about. Just <laughs> that, yeah, you obviously are a very witty lady because it certainly shines through in your writing. Yeah, oh, thank you. And I also love the way that you weaved all of the 100 chapters together. They kind of seem seamless. As It's like a an almanac or it's like a stepping stone to yeah. 100, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's a bit of a story, a bit of a backstory to that which is a bit, you know, a big learning for me and anyone who's listening who's going to write a book, particularly if it's going to be chapterized and you just writing as it comes out of your head. What I did in my lack of wisdom, I just like I just wrote them as they came out of my head. So I might be talking about healthy pooing in one topic. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> and then I might be talking about taking a, a visit to the to the dentist or that <laughs> dental flossing. Yeah. You know, it could leave a real sour taste in your mouth, couldn't it? Really? So... <laughs> What I did was I thought, well, I'll just type them all up, you know, get them all done. I'm going to send them off to the editor. I'm sure she'll sort them for mm. me. Well, of course, that's not part of the editor's role. And after I'd written them all, she said, you know, you're going to have to sort them into some sort of a category or something. And I thought, oh, okay. well, that's another big job. So what I did was what do you mean I I'm actually print, printed the whole manuscript out. I cut out the headings. And there's a hundred of them. I lay them all out on my dining table. And then I said, right, well, I know there's seven areas of life. You know, your spiritual, physical, vocational, all the seven areas yeah. I talk about. So I'm going to categorize them and put them into piles, all the different categories of life. And then when I've done that, then I'll sort them into what order we'll, we'll go into. So that's what I, what I did. And, right. that took, and I took a photograph of the table with all the topics on it because I was worried the wind would blow. Right. <laughs> and then my topics would go scatter into the breeze. <laughs> no. And I got all those hours of trying to get them sorted. Quickly get a snap of it. And so my editor, um, Gail, she and I then between us, then she'd say, oh, look, no, that topic doesn't flow quite so well with that one. Let's let's move that around. So we did a bit of juggling after I'd sorted them. But what occurred was like a piece of magic because, as you said, one seems to flow beautifully with the next. They really and, do. Yeah, and it just then became a seamless. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. book. I've absolutely loved yeah. it. I've, I wanted to actually commend you on being able to research. You said it's taken you four years to research mm, and get it into mm. a book. The topics that you've covered, like they're so vast and you can see them on TV, Google, 
YouTube and there's lots of people nowadays talking about it more and more. But you have like condensed these things that yeah. you can take weeks and weeks to watch into a small, incredibly powerful yeah. chapter yeah. where you can completely understand it. So congratulations yeah. for that. Yeah, thank you. I think that's what I was looking for. Yeah, right. And I thought, well, if I want to live, because no one wants to live to be 100 if they're not going to be well doing it. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, no. But why not if we want to make the most of our lives and having a purposeful life is part of, you know, the book as well yeah. and being able to be healthy gives you that foundation to be able to live that life. That's right. Yeah, so that's, that's really important for me. But I think the book is like a culmination of my life. It's like a blueprint of my life. It's like I had to go through those years of, you know, ill health and everything because it was the numbers that I, when I went to the doctor's, that said, you you know, you, things are not looking good for you. And, yeah. of course, then reading David Gillespie's book was like, okay, very timely for me. Yeah. So it was like all those experiences, plus all my education as well, mm. plus my story writing, plus my um, teaching, plus my working on women's workshops. And I learned so much from the human condition and spirit from 10 years of doing that. Wow. And I thought it was like everything just came together and then when I sat down in the kitchen, it was like it brought it all together. Yeah, that's know? wonderful. And like the latter chapters, which I think are, are, are my favourites, really, yeah. because they're the big picture stuff. Yeah. And I sort of cry even when I think of them and read them myself yeah. now and go, oh, wow, you know, they move me to want to make a change or do something differently or appreciate something that I hadn't appreciated before. So. That's definitely one of the things you talk about is, you know, helping others and I'm you are definitely going to be helping others by this book. Mm. I think it'll give people an easier path than having to do all their own research exactly. to find out the good things to do. Yeah. And meditation, when did you start meditating? Well, I probably started because Dr. John Martini, as you know, I yeah, sort of rabbit on about, about him. Yeah. <laughs> He's my, he did my forward yeah. for me, which was um, That's amazing. Um, wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I thought it helped the profile of my book, which was really gracious of him to do. Yeah. Well, when I started yoga with my mum when I was 16, meditation was part of that process as well. But, of course, at 16, can you imagine many 16-year-olds? Because no. <laughs> I found it very difficult. My mind was just all over the place. Well, I've got younger kids, 16, <laughs> 17 and 14, and I say, you want to meditate? And they're like, no. <laughs> it really seemed like hard work. And so yeah. I, I sort of left it. And it wasn't until I got into the work of, um, you know, doing life coaching and, and then John D. Martini's work that I really saw the benefit. And I also realised it's not hard. No. And it doesn't matter if your mind wanders. Let it slip past. Just go back and spend a few minutes or whatever. So, and even like when I was coming here to do the recordings, remember I said to you that I did that deep breathing yeah. um, as a way of like that autonomic nervous system just to calm down because it's the only way you can get your autonomic nervous system to relax yeah you can't think yourself to a calm state no. but you can breathe yourself <laughs> your yes, way you there you cannot think yourself <laughs> to a calm state no, no. <laughs> and so i was doing that on the way here it really made those, a difference and it made it? a difference mm. to how i was centered and that's a form of meditation meditation is digging in the garden meditation is just appreciating things in life it's not a set lying down being in the zen state going on sitting on a mountain or something no, and that's eating right. beans and you know watching doves fly in the that's distance right. it's very mundane ordinary and i think that's what the book i find it's appealing about the book is it's ordinary and mundane things but they're so profound mm. 
And I would not call the book mundane at all, people, <laughs> at all. But I mean, what I mean by they're simple. That's they're yeah. just simple things that we can all do. Yeah. And that was what I was very mindful the whole time I was writing the book. I'm just mindful of my audience. What? How would my audience want to know about this? And so I think that is the powerful part. Definitely, isn't it? It's just okay. I'm in service now. Could we talk about being in service? Yeah. And how powerful that is. So how can I be in service to my audience? And uh, if it's one person I make a difference to in their lives, wow. You're winning. That's a win. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing. Your book encompasses everything from your diet to your hobbies to your exercise regime to your health to to gardening to doing things that you really love doing yeah. to helping others to meditation to awe-inspiring moments. I all feel like I'm going to get choked up even just saying, like, I really loved going through that. And honestly, if you are if you see people on, you know, YouTube and they're talking about stuff, meditating and getting the best life that you can ever have, um, and it seems, you know, like it's taking such a long time to get there to get the idea of it, I definitely recommend getting your hands on Deb's book particularly the audio because I've worked with you <laughs> on the exactly audio book right. and Deb's and, um, narrated it herself, but you can get her book, It's Out Already. That's right, has so, been out for a year or two yeah. now. Yeah. But before, I, I mean, there's I could talk to you all day. I said yeah. that to you this morning. That's the podcast right. could go forever. But um, some of your topics were like a real ear-opener and jaw-dropper <laughs> moment for me, like the Squatty Potty the squatty and the Poo potty. Patrol. Dear listener, did you know that you can actually donate your poo to others <laughs> to improve your health? Your gut health. What the heck? I know. How did you hear about things like that? Well, actually, it's because I, I actually know someone who does it. Okay. It's actually, actually a friend of my daughter's and I discovered that he was a faecal transplant donor. I, thought, <laughs> I oh. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So let's follow up. I was curious. But what, what's the be. benefit? Because And then he talked to me about it's the idea is about uh, transferring healthy fecal matter to someone who has poor gut health in some way, whether it's Crohn's disease or other um, problems of the bowel or whatever. Right. And so I thought, well, the researcher brain cap went on. Mm. Oh, I'm going to find out about this. Yeah. And then I discovered that it's it's an ancient uh, Chinese um, process, but it's also probably been around here in the Western world since 1950s or so. Mm. It's very big in America. It, it, we've got a fecal transplant unit down in Melbourne. And this fellow just routinely poops and delivers his poop to the, the lab and it gets... That was definitely... <laughs> and it gets, put, like, it gets put in a blender and then it gets <laughs> transferred. But it helps people live. <laughs> <laughs> what it does, it just it replaces the, poor, the bad microbes or the lacking microbes with the healthy microbes. Yeah. And then it's... The, and it, because that's the whole gut-brain axis that your, your health and your gut is very much linked to your emotions, which I know you were really surprised with learning that uh, there is such a gut-brain axis and how our gut health is very much linked to yeah. our emotional health. Well, they say you, your stomach, I have read that on one of the other self-help things or YouTube channel wherever I saw it, that the your gut has a brain or is a brain basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost your first brain really. And then how what, the research, what I found was uh, the American research discovered that the emotional well-being of the uh, of the donor is linked to what happens with the recipient. So yeah. if the donor has, um, say, emotional problems or whatever, that like and, depression or whatever, that gets transferred to the recipient, and also the physical traits of the donor 
also can get transferred to the recipient. See what I mean when I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? You need to read Deb's book. It is outstanding and very insightful, I've got to say. And we haven't even talked about sex yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's well, yeah. (laughs) So it's a hot topic as well. So, you know, I, I try and cover all aspects of life. I don't shy away from anything. No, you don't. Anything that I think that can help people in any aspect of their life to live a longer, healthier, more abundant, purpose-filled life, it's got to go in the book. <laughs> it's all in there. It's a very unassuming cover um, and a beautifully cover, you know, the, the actual cover, yeah. which I think will go on the audio book as well. Yeah, you've but, got um, Sean Lay doing That's the, right, yeah. the cartoonist. He did the cover and 10 illustrations, uh, so for the hard and soft cover. Um, readers will be able to see to see that. Yeah, and um, I recommend just getting a copy of the printed book just to see the print. That's they, right. You, they depict you and your hubby. That's right, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he makes us look better than we are. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're a very fit-looking lady. I'm actually, what have I got down here? Um, uh, I was going to say, obviously, your testimony to living a fabulous life and you followed a lot of the steps, uh, being incredibly active. You've told me that you swim and that you do yoga and you do a whole bunch of other things. You're yeah. constantly on the go. Um, you look sensational. Oh, thank you, Simon. So do you follow all of I do sometimes. Steps? Oh, yeah, particularly the sugar. Yeah. There's a definite. I definitely, um, although having said that, now that I'm past, I think, the sugar addiction phase, I can have, like, we're having a birthday or a celebration, I can have a piece of birthday cake and that's no problem. Right. Uh, so, yeah, definitely with the sugar. Uh, sometimes I can get a bit lazy with, say, journaling or, you know, it's not possible for me to do everything all the time. Yeah. So, in fact, when I was narrating the book, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I better get back to doing that again. I haven't mm. done that for a while. Mm. So, yeah, I can get a little bit lax myself and then it was a good reminder for me, oh, yeah, that's a great topic. I better get back to doing get back that into again. Do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of also one of those books that people could pick up and think, right, okay, what am I needing in my life? Open up a chapter and maybe yes. that's not, you know. And just read that, you know, or listen to that bit of inspiration. And they're only relatively short too, so they yeah. they don't take a lot of time for you to listen to as well. No, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. And now you've done your audio book. <laughs> yes. Superstar. Yes, I know. Thank you so much for, A, making the journey so seamless for me because um, I had this dream to do the audio book, not when I wrote the book because a lot of my book reading is audio myself. Right. And I, I thought about the possibility, but I didn't even know that people like you existed. Oh. And so it was a wonderful discovery. I'm so glad you discovered and me. And then I thought, it's possible. It's that, possible. That's awesome. I always feel like the books that come to me are in a timely fashion, so maybe yes. that's some um, advice for me to yeah. take on board some of your um, tips that uh, will get me to 100. Yeah, well, <laughs> you've had to... Um, and you were 100 of them in a very short space of time. <laughs> so maybe I'll just refer to them every now and then. Right. I do do a few of them. There's some I could yeah. probably definitely yeah. start doing. I think your listeners will also go, yeah, I'm already doing that. That's great, though, to know that the science behind that yeah, and absolutely. how that does link to a healthier life and in what ways it's beneficial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how can people contact you? 
Well, I've got a website called www.100waystohealthy100.com.au or on Facebook on my own um, Facebook site, Debbie Peden, or on my life coaching um, website on Facebook as well, which is called A New Pinnacle Life Coaching. Okay, so people can contact you yep. to be life coached. Do you yeah. do that in person and In online? person, I do it on person, in line, on the phone, you know, across the world, you know. Excellent. Yeah, there's right. no tyranny of distance when it comes to coaching or mentoring, as we talked about, because mentoring, mentoring is it? very, very important. If yeah. you can think of a topic that's going to help your life improve, it's in the it's in 100 Ways to a Healthy 100. That's right, yeah. So, so I've got, like, if I were to condense the, the 100 into, I've got four topics that I think would absolutely condense the whole book down, and they would be one, Eat as low down the food chain as possible. Two, move. Not necessarily exercise, but keep moving. Three, stay connected. Have a community, people, whatever. So powerful. And the final one is have a purpose. And when you're on purpose, go out there and serve others. That, I think, encapsulates the book in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today and for writing the book from my perspective. Of course, it goes without saying for narrating your story to me. I'm the first to hear the yeah. audio book. It will be out as soon as possible. We'll get on to the editing straight away as soon as you walk out today. <laughs> and <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Simone. It's been a wonderful, I felt like it's been a great team experience. Yeah. I've made a new friend as yes. well. How beautiful is that? Yeah. And um, hopefully lifelong friend. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same, Deb. Yeah. Thank you very much, Simone. Awesome. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. And my guests from around the world. Thank Thank you for being a part of this show. The Simone Filer Podcast. Catch you next time. It's a wrap.